0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of On the Record from Middle Tennessee State University. I'm Andrew Ottman. Normally, you'd be hearing veteran journalist Jenna Logue welcoming you to the airwaves, but Jenna recently retired from the university after a long and distinguished career in news and media relations. We are spending this final episode of the series paying tribute to Jenna, her work at the university, and the impact she had in the lives of our listeners. We'll begin this program with an interview with Jenna, where she'll reflect upon her career at the university and how fitting it is to be conducted by News Director Mike Osborne of WMOT, who just recently retired from his role as well.
1: When was it that you started at the university, and, and, and what was the job description at that time?
2: I started uh, during the period when Gene Smith was the interim president between James Walker and Sidney McPhee. And I was between jobs, and I applied for this job as a secretary in what was then called the Office of News and Public Affairs. It has since changed names to news and media relations. Uh, And as time progressed, and they realized I had this radio background, I began to shift to doing the radio show so that colleague, Tom Tozer could uh, free himself up to do other things. And so uh, I became producer because it was the only job description in the entire Board of Regents lineup that fit me bureaucratically. Uh, and uh, that is what I uh, retired as.
1: I'd like for you to share with me, if you would, um, uh, kind of your passion for for the business. Uh, you know, why uh, you... you um uh, chose this uh, as a career uh, heading into college and, and then uh, continuing kind of following it around the country, uh, really.
2: In childhood, uh, my father made it a habit to watch the evening news, the national evening news every night, uh, the nightly national seance, someone once called it, pre-cable, of course. He watched uh Huntley Brinkley or Cronkite, he would uh, go back and forth between the two. He also watched a lot of college and pro football on the weekends, and I watched it with him. Uh, you didn't see female sportscasters on television at that time. Uh, they weren't taken terribly seriously. the It was part of a, a stand-up comics joke that women didn't know anything about football or any other sport, uh, which is preposterous when you look at the plethora of women involved in sports journalism today, both on the air and in print. Uh, so I didn't have any role models. But 1968 was a very pivotal here at, pivotal year in American history, as you know, a very cataclysmic year. Martin Luther King was assassinated. Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. People were demonstrating on college campuses. The war was highly unpopular. Uh, Johnson decided not to run again. All of these things were happening. And... Uh, I became interested in politics because I saw more women covering politics. It was Nancy Dickerson and Marlene Sanders, uh, Pauline Frederick covering the UN, uh, and a young blonde woman named Catherine Mackin, Cassie, as she was called, covering the political conventions. She was a floor reporter. Unfortunately, she died way too young. But she had a brilliant career ahead of her, and I'm sure she paved the way for a lot of women to come covering politics. Um, Leslie Stahl, I forgot to mention, she was covering politics at that time in Washington. And uh, politics became sort of the new sport. So I figured uh, if I couldn't be a play-by-play broadcaster of either baseball or football, Maybe I could cover politics. After all, it is something of a blood sport, even more so now than it was in 1968. And uh, that led me to sort of practice my speech in front of the mirror like a child. And uh, I developed a a way of speaking that was like those people on TV, because the only Southerners you ever heard speak on TV— in the journalism world, were Tom Gerald and Fred Graham. And you couldn't really tell. Dan Rather was from Texas. It didn't come across in the way he spoke. So I attempted to speak in a way that had no Southern accent. And I didn't do it because I hated Southern accents. My my parents didn't have much Southern inflection in their voices either, as it turns out, even though they were both born in Tennessee. Uh, and so I veered off from sports into that direction. But I knew I wanted to do something that involved words and speaking.
1: Let's uh, change gears a little bit and and, and talk about, uh, on the record in, in particular, having done the program for a number of years, what do you see that was um, unique uh, about the program?
2: I think it attempted insofar as I was able to accomplish it, to show sides of MTSU that perhaps were in the nooks and crannies and were not part of public knowledge because they were not the big-ticket items, as it were, things that the administration would want to put first and foremost. Not that there's anything wrong with anything they were attempting to put before the public, uh, either through paid advertising or through uh, other means, getting reporters to come to campus and cover events and such as that. But uh, I wanted human aspects. I wanted... uh, people to talk about their research projects. I wanted to actually read, and I did actually read, academic papers uh, from beginning to end so that I would understand what this professor had been doing and so that I could ask intelligent questions about it. And I told Andrew Ottman, the vice president, once upon a time that MTSU on the record was the only free media venue MTSU had that reached for an upper demographic in terms of intellect. It reached for an audience that was below the sixth grade education level that most local news programs seem to be shooting for. Uh, And because it was on an NPR-affiliated station, was going for the kind of audience that would want to take a little deeper dive into subject matter. Of course, it was promoting the university, but I like to think that it was promoting the university's intellect and the university's people. And uh, a great deal of it, I have to admit, was personal interest. If I found out somebody was doing such and such, I said to myself, that's interesting. I'd like to talk to that person about that. So I interviewed alumni and students and uh, administrators and faculty. Uh, The faculty made the best guest, bar none. Uh,
1: Do a little bit of a a contrast for me. I'd I'd like for you to tell me, uh, I'd like to hear your reaction when I ask you, uh, you know, what was uh, challenging about the program and Uh, what would you say was rewarding about doing uh, On the Record?
2: One of the most challenging things was getting students to open up and talk. Perhaps they were shy. Perhaps they were mic shy. Perhaps they just were uncomfortable with the whole idea of promoting something they were doing. Perhaps they were uh, modest So that was a challenge. That was difficult. It's never hard to get a faculty member to talk. A faculty member is going to want to say everything about this wonderful class they're doing and their wonderful students and their wonderful research project and so forth and so on. The um, rewarding part is that it was a second college education without having to pay tuition, Uh, It was a lesson in reality. It was an understanding... I I, I never thought of uh, professors in stereotypical terms, the way they are described by some politicians, in the ivory tower, not connected to the real world, blah, blah, blah. That's all a bunch of hooey. And I I developed some wonderful friendships with a lot of professors. I... uh, Learned things about subjects that I didn't even know were subjects. Uh, It's a wonderful opportunity for someone who has intellectual curiosity to begin with. If you want to know something that is fresh and new, I don't care if it's uh, uh, something going on in mathematical sciences or, as our uh, campus veterinarian talked about on one show, how to castrate a horse. Uh, we covered the gamut.
1: <laughs> when you think back uh, on the years that that, uh, that you did these interviews, were there any uh, particular special moments that kind of uh, leaped to your mind when, when I ask about special moments?
2: Well, there were some guests that came to campus. Uh, Nina Totenberg, NPR's uh, judicial correspondent, the late Anne Geralds, who covered the war in the Middle East, the war in Iraq for uh, NPR, author of Naked in Baghdad. Uh, I interviewed Gloria Steinem, the uh, great feminist. Uh, all kinds of different things.
1: Do you recall at this point how many uh, programs you've, you've done over the years? Any idea?
2: Hundreds. I I don't think that I've ever counted them all up. Uh, yearly, we have these uh, contests in which we are asked to submit entries. Uh, one is for the Tennessee College Public Relations Association contest. One is for Case uh, District 3, which is a certain region. Uh, another would be the Parthenon Awards in Nashville uh, for that public relations society. And I would have to go through all of the ones I had done between date one and date two to find something that was suitable for an entry. And I have won something like 26 awards over the years, for mostly for MTSU on the record. I, I can only say hundreds, Mike. I really haven't counted them all. They're they're all online, and I have uh, digital copies of all of them. Uh, or uh, some some of them are on cassette. What uh, uh
1: what is it that, that you think you're going to uh, miss most about the university environment now that now that you've you've uh, you've retired?
2: All the faculty. They're fun people. They're interesting people. They like to think. They like for you to ask them a question that challenges their intellect and causes them to look at things from a different angle or consider the possibilities that their particular area of expertise can be applied in such a way that had not particularly been of interest to them before and they're warm human people they're the kind of people you'd like to have as your neighbors they're the kind of people i enjoy having as my friends i probably won't get to see them as much as i did before i took classes from some of them uh and i call them by their first names instead of having to sit meekly in class and go doctor so and so so i felt like a peer they made me feel like a peer.
1: Last question. I'm curious what you see as uh, your legacy through on the record.
2: I go back to intellectual curiosity. Keep asking questions. I drove my parents stark raving mad with the questions I would ask as a child. And I, I mean child, elementary school age. I did not ask, what, why is the sky blue? I asked, Mommy, Daddy, why are we in Vietnam? Mommy, Daddy, why do some white people hate black people? Questions that are not easily answered when you're riding in a car to the grocery store. Uh, and it was terribly annoying to them, uh, but they didn't dampen my intellectual curiosity. They approved of me going to school and doing well in school, and I have always been the kind of person who loved school, but all of life is school. Everything is learning. Everything is about intellectual curiosity, no matter where you are or where you go. And to me, MTSU on the record will always be a symbol of intellectual curiosity in action on a public scale. And I am really grateful that I was able to share some of that with the listening audience for all those years.
1: Well, just an amazing body of work, uh, something that uh, you certainly uh, can be proud of. And and, uh, I know the university appreciates uh, the hard work that you put in uh, over the years to get that done. Thank you for the time today.
0: Thank you, Mike. And thank you, Jenna. It was wonderful to hear you both talk about all the great memories of On the Record. And speaking of memories, we asked members of the university community to stop by our studios and share their thoughts and memories of Jenna Logue and all she did for their operations here at MTSU.
1: My name is John Vile. I'm a political scientist and Dean of the Honors College. And it's a bittersweet moment to be saying goodbye to Jenna. She has interviewed me on countless books that I have written and sometimes other projects that we've had at the Honors College. Uh, one of the things I know about Jenna is if you send her a book, she's always prepared. I don't know if she reads every word, but it sounds when she does the interview, as so she does, she will usually throw in one question that'll sort of have you scratch your head and wonder wonder what to say, but she's always well-prepared. I've always enjoyed it. Farewell, fond farewell. Uh, many happy memories.
3: Hi, I'm Shelley Thomas. Uh, I taught at MTSU for 30
2: years and just retired last year. And when I heard that Gina was retiring, of course, I wanted to come and um, just say how much she touched me when I was here. I still have a, a language institute called Center for Accelerated Language Acquisition. And Gina was one of the first people to grab hold of it with
3: great passion, talk about it for me and put it online. And I'm so grateful. And uh, I hope that the next job that she gets is going to be fulfilling and happy for her. Thank you, Gina.
4: I'm uh, Phil Oliver, a professor in the Department of Philosophy and Religious Studies. But I was just recalling that uh, I think our time together, your time here at MTSU and mine are pretty much coextensive. I came on board uh, early in the 2000s, and you were here, what, maybe a little bit earlier than I was. Mm So it's hard for me to imagine this place without you around. You've been sort of the voice of MTSU for a long time and uh, a voice of sanity and stability. And I've just really appreciated the contributions that you've made to sort of being an ambassador for this institution and, and, and just for, uh, you know, for uh, learning, uh, learning uh, for, for uh, people who are invested in it professionally, but even more so people in your listening audience. Who may or may not have any direct connection with, uh, you know, with the uh, academic community, but nonetheless have, if they've been paying attention, they've learned a lot listening to your program. So I just want to wish you the best. Good luck going forward. Uh, and I know that uh, people around here are not going to forget uh, your contributions.
3: Hello. My name is Judith iriarta gross I'm a professor of chemistry and the director of our Women in STEM Center at MTSU. And my favorite memory of Jenna is how she was always willing to help us promote to the community, to the campus, the importance of encouraging girls and young women into STEM careers, STEM being science, technology, engineering, and mathematics.
0: My name is Mark Burns. I'm university provost. I've known Jenna for years, both as a colleague and as someone who's interviewed me, uh, my favorite recollection, though, was Jenna as a student in my class, um, gosh, I don't know how many years ago, 15 years ago or so, where she brought the same sort of intelligence and, and lively conversation to class as she does uh, throughout her day here. So wish her all the best.
5: My name is Dr. Laura Clark. I am director of the Center for Educational Media in the College of Education at MTSU. And I'm also faculty at, in the College of Education. My favorite memory of Jenna Logue was the first time I met her when she invited me to be part of an interview about a grant that I wrote. I was immediately impressed by her curiosity, by her intellect, and by the breadth of her knowledge. And it was clear to me that she did extensive research, not only on the grant that we were talking about but on the subject that was related to the grant so that she knew the insightful questions to ask. And as a person, I've always loved to talk with Jenna because she has a view of the world that is enlightening to me and feels empowering as a woman to talk to Jenna so, Jenna, thank you for meeting me. Thank you for being able to work with you. And I've learned much from just listening to you. I wish you the best.
0: Megan Whiffley from the June Anderson Center for Women and Nontraditional Students. My favorite memory of Jenna is that she is always helping out Women's History Month. We always ask her for the best ideas for the button. And almost every year do we use her suggestion because she just knows something about every woman that we should celebrate. And I can't thank her enough. And I really want to wish her well in her next endeavors.
5: This is Michelle Willard, and I am currently a grant management specialist at MTSU. But prior to that, I worked as a reporter in and around Rutherford County for uh, quite a while, and worked um, directly with Jenna a lot over the years. And calling her whenever I needed a source from MTSU, or like, after I'd listened to one of her on the record recordings, uh, it, she's just was a, a great resource and a great friend to make over the years. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss you, Jenna. My name is Mei Han. I'm the director of MTSU Center for Chinese Music and Culture. I have worked with Jenna for seven years, and what always amazed me is that she always did her homework. No matter what event I presented, she always could find a hook. Thank you, Jenna.
0: Hi, I'm Andrew Atman, Vice President for Marketing and Communications, and it's been my honor to work with Jenna for more than a decade here in the uh, uh, Marketing and Communications Division. Her professionalism, the uh, the wonderful job she's done with the program on the record, the reach and authority of her voice, and the good she's done for our university community and as well as really the community in large in Tennessee and, and arguably even throughout the nation through the publicity of the good works of our university has just been immense and invaluable. Ben Stickle, associate professor of criminal justice. See, my favorite uh, memory was probably just the first time I'd ever been in a recording studio. I was with her and uh, she made me feel quite at ease and helped me out. And that was incredibly instructive because of some of the um, things that we recorded uh, spread and I end up talking to the media quite a bit and was very appreciative of the the first experiences I had with her to put me at ease and kind of shove me the ropes for how to do that.
1: Carol Van West here. I'm the director of the MTSU Center for Historic Preservation and the Tennessee State Historian. Now, my favorite memory of Jenna, well, I tell you, I came prepared.
0: She always asked good questions. I was always surprised by how she dug out something I wasn't quite prepared for, But that always made visits with her enjoyable. We'll really miss her.
3: This is Martha Norkunis, and I'm a professor in the public history program at MTSU, and I direct the graduate concentration in oral history. And Jenna and I have had fabulous conversations about the importance of stories and oral narrative to the construction of history of everyday people's lives and how critical that is to understanding a much more diverse and inclusive past And I have to say that Jenna has also been fabulously supportive of my work and the work of our graduate students by hosting them on her radio programs, um, doing interviews with us about our current oral or public history projects. So I consider her both a colleague and a friend and have deeply appreciated her work and her support for the work that we've been doing in the history department.
4: Hi, I'm Katie Foss, and I'm a professor and associate director of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media. And I would say I've had a lot of favorite memories. I've really enjoyed being on Jenna's show. She's an amazing radio host and always asks the most interesting questions. Uh, but I have to say my most memorable, I'd say, thought was my first time I was interviewed and I did such a poor job that I was really excited that she had me back on the show and really coached me through it and and had her great questions. Uh, but I've always enjoyed all of our conversations off at air as well, always before and after interviewing and getting to chat and, and discuss many of the hot topics of the world uh, really in depth in an academic and exciting way.
0: Jimmy Hart, Senior Director of News and Media Relations here at MTSU. I've worked with Jenna for just over a decade now uh, in this office, and the thing that's always struck me about Jenna is just how smart she is. Uh, she knows a lot about a lot of different topics, and that speaks to the the level of preparation that she brought uh, to her job as well as her academic interest. Uh, it was reflected in the quality of content that she produced as well as in the award-winning radio program uh, that she has produced all these years. Uh, it's been my pleasure to work with her, uh, to be a colleague, and I certainly wish her nothing but the best in this next chapter of her life.
3: Andrei Karopkov, professor of political science and international relations. Uh, Gina and I have been working for many years together, and we did uh, numerous programs on uh, various aspects of Russian politics. But we also discussed um, international migration, uh, well, COVID and a number of other issues. So we really uh, had very close collaboration, and uh, I will definitely miss Gina. Uh, and uh, we'll miss, among other things, her style that was very professional, and we had a lot of fun together. So, well, definitely, definitely we'll miss her, and it's a huge loss for MTSU. My thanks to
0: all those who came out to show their support for Jenna on our final day at the university. And that does wrap up this special program. On a personal note, I want to say thank you to Jenna. I've enjoyed working with you. I'm proud of everything you've done with this program. And all of the hard work and dedication you've put forward to help not only Middle Tennessee State University, but the students, faculty, and staff by telling their stories and sharing a little bit of their lives to our listeners. On behalf of all of us at the university, I'm Andrew Ottman. Thanks for listening.